Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm here with Emmett Ryan. If you're left how are you, Emmett? I'm doing great, Ron. Great to chat to you, mate. Likewise, now. It's we're been a talk- while as well. Yeah, we're here to talk about next year's 2024 tech trends, mainly business-wise, but also might hit a few personal ones as well, like mm. for consumers, like home users. Yeah, no, I mean, there's lots to discuss, like... Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm going to mention another show, I hope it's not offensive, uh, where I was reminded of the day, uh, the Irish language show on News Talks Blanc. Yeah. At the end of last year, I was reminded, I was told, Emmett, you, you said everybody's going to be talking about ChatGPT, ChatGPT, ChatGPT. Sure enough, we've been talking a lot about yeah. uh, generative AI role in the last year. And I think the conversation's only going to increase. Yeah. Because uh, I think a lot of businesses are starting to see use cases for it. But also, like when you've got the public drama like there was with OpenAI the last couple of months, it yeah. gets more people talking about it, which was short term, you might go, okay, is that good? Is that bad? I think medium term, it's going to get a lot more people looking at what can we do with this technology and how can we use it. And especially now that like sort of the more professional versions of it, which a couple of friends of mine use, I haven't used the pro ones yet, yeah. where you're integrating the image-based with the uh, text-based. And obviously audio is coming next with that. Um, you know, I think we're going to see an awful lot of use cases for it, uh, where businesses in particular are going to find it very useful. And the worst one is, don't finish anything with Google at the moment, because Google have got barred. And a friend of mine is a video photographer and, and photographer of, of, of the streets and all that. And he, he did a section where he took photographs and he got barred to uh, comment on it. And he got everything totally wrong. Yeah, well, I, I think that uh, well, my experience using both Bard yeah. and ChatGPT, I have used Bard as well, is that there's still a lot of learning for both of them to do. Like, yeah. there's like some classics, like the, the best one is. You uh, and I would go slightly more famous than either of us. So yeah. I'd say we go with our friend Adrian Weckler. Yeah. You go into ChatGPT. Tell me about Adrian Weckler. And Adrian's got a couple things going. From one, he's well known. Yeah. And two, he's got a unique surname. Yeah. So almost certainly most of the data it should be finding on Adrian should be accurate. Yeah. And it was telling me some places he'd worked for, which I know because you and I have known this man yeah. for like a long time. He had never spent a day working with. And so it's like, okay, yeah, you know, that's actually inaccurate. So it was still getting things wrong on people who have enough information out there where there shouldn't be, if you know what I mean, uh, you know, clashing data to confuse it. And it was still making those mistakes. Yeah, I remember last year, there was one where early in the year, someone had done a bard and asked about uh, Mary Robson. She was the first uh, Irish uh, female prime minister in Ireland. Prime minister to the president. Yeah. yeah, there you go, like, you know. And then also, I've seen uh, Microsoft, uh, I mean, so Google just launched a, a, another uh, product that's basically also, uh, it's also AI based. And again, it's got a lot of bugs in it as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these things take time, like, because uh, I'm sure some of your listeners are, are gamers, Ronan, and mm-hmm. like most games are released loaded with bugs and the patches come. Yeah. The patches are going to come with this. And, but the difference is most of those games, they're built on generations of this has already existed. These aren't built on that. Like, yeah. they, these generative AIs are not built on you know, generations of technology, they're generative, but they aren't built on, you know, 
the mistakes have already been made. Yeah. They're making these mistakes for the first time, which brings with it obviously some risks as well. That's why we're seeing action being taken to try and regulate. I would like it to go a little faster than it is going. Yeah. I think most people with any sort of cursory interest have that view. Um, but uh, at least it's going a bit better than previous efforts at you know regulating technology. I will say that. Yeah, because I think regulation is going to be a big thing next year. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like we already saw that EU. Uh, uh, you know, policy during the week that we went, when we were recording yeah. it, like in December, and I think we're going to see much more of that. Uh, the challenge will obviously be getting some sort of, you know, I say global, I really mean global on a democratic level agreements on it, because obviously non democracies are going to have their own approaches to these things. You can only do so much, but if you can get the democratic world as a whole to largely agree on what we should be doing, that should at least provide some form of, you know, stability. But it depends what you call democracy. And right now, looking at the UK and what's going on there. I would call the UK a functioning democracy. Because, yeah. like, you know, it, the point is, we're all allowed to give out about Rishi Sunak. Yeah. Uh, and so are the British people. Like, in a, you know, in a non functioning democracy, you wouldn't be allowed to give out about Rishi yeah, Sunak. Yeah, that's true. But it's, they're trying to bring in certain things, basically. Uh, we're going to overwrite certain regulations and laws and everything else. I'm just wondering, because they're no longer in the EU, they're able to do, to do a lot more of that. I think there is definitely a concern with uh, the UK's approach, for yeah. sure. But I think at the same time, Broadly, when it comes to AI, I think with many other things, there's a lot of challenges with the yeah. EU. I think broadly, they're going to stay along the same lines as the EU, mainly because I think the civil servant's going to make sure of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I've got a bit of hope there. Uh -huh. a, bit, a bit of yes, Prime Minister, where I think Sir Humphrey will intervene and make sure we're, they're largely in line with the EU. Yeah, I keep thinking of the thick of it as well. When you got behind the scenes going on there, I can see a lot of happening as well. Yeah, so I think I'm confident enough there. But like the big thing with all of this, Ronan, it's going to come back to like improved connectivity as well. Because yeah. we've all been talking about, you know, fibre to the home and all that for years. Yeah. And like we're all working more remotely now. Like we're doing this in a cafe, yeah. which is great. Uh, I spend almost my entire working life anywhere but an office. I know you do as well. Yeah. And a lot more people are doing that, but it also means if you're going to have people working in not just the big cities, or at least not just Dublin, um, you know, they're going to have to have better connectivity you know, around the country. But likewise, with people in offices, if you're going to want to attract people into a not workplace, the connectivity is going to have to be top notch. Because yeah. if you're trying to hire me for an office job, I need to know that the broadband is at least, if not better, than what I'm getting in my place. And yeah. I've got really good broadband in my place, and I'm pretty certain where you live, you do too. I do, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's why I think, you know, you're seeing the likes of, you know, obviously Elio come on stream with this. Like, you know, they're working to really push that connectivity yeah. story because they're saying, do you want your staff in the office? Well, you better make sure there's a reason for them to come. And the biggest thing, like it is, like, seriously, next to running water is having good enough broadband. Yeah. Well, my colleague Simon Cockin, he's in Cape Clear in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I call it Cracker Islands. And, and last month it was announced that they're, they're getting the high speed broadband, national broadband plans coming to Cracker Islands. And I'm going, Simon, great news for you. You're not getting past broadband. Well, like, you know, Simon, though, as well, like, uh, to me, he's one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, like, comfortably, especially because he downplays how interesting he is. It's so funny with Simon. But, uh, like, yeah, like, he manages to make. He's like showing that you can work anywhere if yeah. you work at it. Like the point is, you shouldn't have to be as uh, innovative as Simon to yeah. make that work. And I think that's the, the goal. Because like for you know our small towns or even our secondaries, tertiary cities, like I mean, literally, like you're talking like you know not Dublin is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Like we need to have like you know the the greater connectivity you know around the country so that say you know I'm working two days a week in Limerick two days a week in Cork not yeah. both but like but I live well, let's say I do both I do two yeah. days a week in Limerick I do two days a week in Cork and I live in Thurless yeah. Now, I'm on the road a lot. I'm pretty bad for the environment. Obviously, we'll get to ESG yeah. being a story in a bit. But in this, you know, if I'm getting great broadband in Thurless, 
it's not just that I want to know I'm getting great broadband in Limerick and Cork. It's that I need to know that the connectivity quality in Limerick and Cork and the two offices I'm working out of are as good yeah. uh, as each other. So that I know that, oh, it's a Limerick day or, oh, it's a Cork day isn't going to be a thing. So I think that's the realisation. We are far more mobile workers than we ever were before. Uh, but that actually naturally leads in again to the ESG thing, yeah. uh, which, you know, I think ESG, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one, Ronan. Let's yeah. not dance around. ESG is a tough one because I, we're both old enough to remember before the last recession, the 08 recession I'm referring to for the people who aren't sure when I say the last recession because yeah. now we get confused. I was covering so much. Green tech is going to save us money. Green tech is going to save us money. Green tech is going to save us money. And then all of a sudden the investments in green tech went away because, oh, but it actually does cost a lot of money up front. Yeah. And the problem was, it was a mental one. Green tech was being tagged on to the plan rather than being at the heart of the plan. Yeah. I think what we're seeing, and like I know I've mentioned already, but like what Elio is with our safety clients, if you're going to have an ESG policy, yeah. it's got to be built in from the start because the only way it's going to work, one, there's, obviously, there's all the moral nice things, and don't get me wrong, they're very important. Yeah. All the being a better person. But if you're going to get value from an ESG approach, as in the commercial benefits and... Yeah. You're going to be getting a lot of fines if you're not taking an ESG approach. It's got to be in there from that the core of your policy. So your buying decisions should already have, before you even, say I'm buying a service from you, yeah. before I've even consi- you know spoken to you, I should have vetted you enough to know if you pass my ESG limit test. Yeah. Like, that's what we're talking about. Before I've even given Ronan a call to buy yeah. a service from you. And whereas, you know, with the old green tech days, as I call them, before 08, yeah. I would call you and then I'd check how it goes to the green tech. Yeah. And like that's going to cost me more money long term. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's just you know, so it's a mental thing as much as it is an actual action thing. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, like we we're talking about AI, connectivity, ESG. Like, they're three huge things I think for next year. On the consumer side, it's a tough one because yeah. you know many of the things we would have said that's going to be a thing never worked. You know? Yeah. You know. So, like, because even this year with the gift guides, because like, I was doing a gift guide uh, before Christmas, and it was comfortably my most boring gift guide ever. I yeah. think the most exciting thing I included, and this sounds terrible, was a vacuum cleaner uh, from Samsung. Yeah. And uh, that's not the norm. I've been doing gift guides yeah. 20 years, nearly Ronan, you know, uh, yeah. well, 18. And I've never been that stage where, and I don't know, it's a great vacuum cleaner, yeah. you know, but that should never be your most exciting thing. So, a consumer, it's definitely obviously going to be more software based uh, rather than hardware, I think, because I think. When it comes to, if, if you want to wear it, but you're using one at this stage, yeah, if, you know, in your phone does so much. So it's a case of, well, what do you really want out of your devices? And if I knew a good answer to that, I wouldn't be sitting here with you for this interview. I'd be sitting with you uh, with a jar of caviar to my left yeah. and a fine cognac to my right, telling you of my egregious wealth. That's next year. That's next year, yes, yes. yes. If I knew what the software that was going to be the thing next year was, I'd be a very rich man already. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, like, well, we saw like when, think about how Zoom broke through. Yeah, I knew of Zoom from about a year before. The so pandemic. did I. But the reason I knew about it was a guy I was interviewing in my old job. He said, "Can we do it over Zoom?" And I literally said to him, "What Zoom?" He was actually the dude who designed the dragons for Game of Thrones, by the yeah. way. Uh, you know, so that was kind of cool, isn't Bob being the dude? Uh, and uh, so, well, like I'd never heard of Zoom before, so I'd installed Zoom on one device. Uh, it was my smartphone. I was trying to remember which one it was. Uh, it was a smartphone and a laptop yeah. and I'd never thought about it again yeah. until we hit March of 2020 and yeah. suddenly we all knew but like even with Zoom though look at that we use it so much now like you and I use it a lot still yeah. but the actual value of Zoom uh, dropped back to its pre-pandemic level and so even though it's become a heavily used thing it's actual what it's seen as it's worth as a business hasn't yeah. really changed so yeah it's like 
where are the use cases going to be for the average user? And like I said, I would have that caviar and cognac beside me, Ron, and right yeah. now if I knew the answer to that question. Because I, I think right now that Zoom has got a place and it's got back to where it was before the pandemic. Mm. But other thing, like for, for an average user, they're not going to be using Zoom, they're, they're going to be I don't, probably WhatsApp and FaceTiming or whatever well, equivalent is. FaceTime is used by a lot. I think WhatsApp calls, the, the problem I've had with WhatsApp calls, and this is going way back, Yeah. Uh, the connectivity on those just isn't the same as literally anything else. I'm yeah. including apps that are using the same technology. Yeah. So if they're using your data network, if they're using your Wi-Fi, I find with WhatsApp the video and audio has a far higher risk of breaking. Yeah. Uh, now this is obviously from personal use. I don't have like papers and tests to prove this. Yeah. But from a lot of personal use, I just I think something doesn't work that should work there. Yeah. Because uh, you know, like if you think about it, like you know. Viber for going way back. Uh, I've like, still got Viber. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, like it was great. It was like using a walkie-talkie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everybody in Canada used to Viber with a lot. Uh, like and so, but like you know Skype, which is basically using the same you yeah. know way to connect as WhatsApp is, far better quality connectivity than yeah. WhatsApp. It's not close. So you're kind of going, oh, what's the issue there? FaceTime. You, obviously, it's on Apple rather than yeah. Android. FaceTime has far greater connectivity quality than WhatsApp. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like, I think there's an element of that, but it's also an element of, well, where do people want to go? Because obviously, Threads is not in the EU yet. Yeah. And I, when I say Threads, I am, of course, referring to the social network, yeah. not the excellent movie from the mid-80s, yeah. which uh, I have very, very strong views on, which is that it should be on every secondary school syllabus, uh, because it's like, I want the leaders of tomorrow to be terrified of nuclear weapons, yeah. and there's no better way of doing it than making them watch Threads. <laughs> so it's like, that's an entirely personal thing. Uh, but... Um, uh, so, but like Threads, the app is not in the EU yet. I think we're going to see it come through at some stage because I think it has to. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it'll involve Meta making it EU privacy safe, which I think will be better for users globally, to yeah. be honest. Uh, like, one of the best things with the EU is that because of the sheer size of it and the sheer value of it as a market, it ha it, it's one that, like, they, they can all threaten, oh, we're going to leave the EU, we're going to leave yeah. the EU. There's trillions of euros at stake here. Yeah. They're not going to leave the EU. It's just too big a market to, to ignore. And especially in the short term, medium term, yeah. long term, maybe whatever. Uh, but even long term, you're kind of going, oh, well, APAC mightn't actually have the growth it has because China's average age is going up. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of go, yeah, like Threads is going to be in the EU maybe next year. I, if it is next year, I think it'll be Q, it's like H2. It yeah. uh, could be Q3, could be as, as early as the third yeah. quarter. But I think it'll be H2 for, H2 for sure. And I think that'll make things interesting because X slash Twitter, which we've yeah. both used a lot, uh, the problem with X isn't just all the various bad things people are saying. On yeah. It. I say, because uh, I've said this before, and I've said it since, since he took over, since Musk took over, is the problem is not going to be about people saying terrible things. The problem is going to be about the quality of the overall experience, as in, can I find the people I'm looking to talk to saying what they're saying in the normal, convenient way? Basically, yeah. is it as easy to use? It is not as easy to use. So for all the, like, I'm wrong, it's obviously terrible, people say terrible yeah. things on platforms. But that isn't the driver of people off it. The driver in using people on it is, it's not as fun as it used to be. Yeah. And if it's not as fun as it used to be, and something else can build up, now Threads has been wobbling, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think if it has an EU launch, that could do a lot for stability, especially if they make sure the ease of use is, is, is a yeah. close to, is at least better than X right now. Yeah. I would say it needs to be a lot better than X is right now, but I think that's very doable. And uh, if they do that, it could change the game for X substantially. Yeah, for you, Threads substantially. Have sorry. you used Blue Sky? 
I have, but I notice I don't use it that much. Yeah. Like it's I've I've got a blue sky account. I'm never on it, and so Me that's the thing because the the obvious advantage X has right now is that it has a lot of people on it already. Yeah. The advantage Threads has that all the others don't have is it can basically have a hundred extra million people on it tomorrow yeah. because of the way it's like in- integrated with Instagram, and that's not a small feat. Like yeah. because also you've got a younger user base with Instagram, yeah, so they're more prone to being likely to use it, and like because of its sort of. Uh, cross usage essentially with the Instagram model I think there's you know it has an advantage that all the other alternatives don't have basically and then Mastodon never took off as, as I thought it would I as soon as I logged in uh, I could tell you why I wasn't going to turn off because basically it needs to be low effort yeah. to be a user and Mastodon's too much work yeah. like for me it's fine for you it's fine we're not the person they've got to worry about yeah and uh, that's Mastodon's challenge it's like and it's, and it's kind of, I think it's good in a way that it isn't, isn't low effort, to be honest, though. That's good that there's a program, I think, out there where you've got to actually put a bit of work in. Yeah. Uh, but that means it isn't going to be mass market at any point. Because yeah, to me, that would usually use something like extra social media, or you looking to find the latest news. And mass on is not easy to find that. Whereas an X is still kind of is, even but, though X is not a great place. But, well, yeah, but again, like, I think X is making it harder to find the latest news than it was. I think it really is. Uh, I think it's like, compared to what it used to be like. Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near as easy to, I, I, again, because I'm sure we'll be like, oh, he's just going to be some like wet liberal giving out. Yeah. Like, I am a wet liberal, but I'm putting that to the side here. I'm being a cold hard business person here. If apathy is a far, far bigger threat yeah. to threads, say to X or any network, yeah. than any level of her argus, apathy is always a bigger threat to a business than actual anger. Because apathy means they don't care about you at all. Yeah. And that is far worse. Well, but three weeks ago, I was in town with a friend of mine, and we went for lunch in a new restaurant by the Pro Cathedral. And it's from reading from a food blog. And as we left, we left at the spire, and he went off to back to his house. He lives in Henry the Place. I got a message on my phone from a, from a, a Irish Times telling me there's been stabbing in, in Pernod Street. Oh, yeah. And right away I saw that, I said, there's going to be trouble. So yeah. I rang a friend and said, get home now. It's going, yeah, to be, yeah. going to be trouble. Now, I saw that, and I just knew X would, would, would explode with all the people going on there saying the wrong information so he got home and then he realized oh i need some milk so he goes down to the local center on Bolton street and as he goes there it's all boarded up and closed in the early afternoon and that says it all and now oh, i'm yeah. thinking if i knew that why didn't the authorities know this was going to happen it was so obvious uh, i mean yeah although like uh, i th- oddly i think it's a you know it's it's obviously a good example of what's wrong with x right now yeah but i think it's not a good example of why it's going to be a problem for them long term because yeah Obviously, lots of people said terrible and inaccurate things on X that yeah. day. For me, the bigger problem was literally finding the regular, you know, the boring people giving real news yeah. was harder. And it's the noise. It, it was a lot easier to filter through the noise if you're just looking for something yeah. uh, in the old days. And it's just harder now. The only guy I saw was Adrian Wechter did some great coverage. Oh, yeah, Adrian, who we've mentioned already. It's like yeah. the Adrian Wechter Lovin show And right then now. the thing, when he was doing that, somebody mentioned in Twitter last week, he said, oh, X said... Why was, Adrian, why was Adrian walking down there? He shouldn't be in Thomas Street. And I was thinking, he bloody well works there. That's, that's, where, his thinking, that's is. where his job is. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, the thing. People, you forget, like, people do actually work in the city. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... And they're thinking, do you reach out? Don't come and I said, he's working there for so many years. That's where the Irish Times is based. The Irish Times is based. Yeah, it's like where loads of publications, the whole of Media yeah. Hosts Ireland is basically yeah. there. I think all of them are now. If I'm wrong, sorry to whoever in yeah. media house is not based there. Uh, but pretty much almost all of them are yeah. I think now, Ronan. Uh, but yeah, no, it's one of those things of... 
it's like also by the way completely as an aside it was uh, dropping something off at the Indo many many years ago yeah. and I learned just how long Talbot Street is because you kind of because I'm so used to walking it because again from the, yeah. the, 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 the train to town never really thought of it before it's like oh yeah it is actually a bit of a distance uh, from the yeah. train so that's my entire boring aside there yeah I just saw what was going on and, and uh, like yeah Fenn Hart and Cypher because all I was seeing was the bad actors on, on, on X anybody who was independent and was giving you something you wanted to read you couldn't really find yeah no, it, was, it was tough it was genuinely yeah. difficult uh, like, because even like, as uh, I was uh, walk, I had to walk from town to uh, the pub in Rathmines, where I was meeting my other half. Yeah. And uh, like, as we were getting stuff, because we were on the phones constantly, yeah. because you know I'm a journalist and you are too. Yeah. Uh, so the type of thing we'd be doing, and it's like kind of going. It's just bloody hard to find who's who's actually on the scene. It just yeah. was. And again, it's not a case of like you know people saying bad things being a problem, which is a yeah. problem. Finding the people who are just doing real journalism or doing real reportage of any kind even if it isn't you know real information sharing of any kind yeah. has just made it become harder like you know the worst thing is people are looking at mainstream media and thinking mainstream media now they're biased towards a certain view coming along. I said, well some are some aren't but it depends but I'm thinking in this case there were people who, who you trust in the media, like Rector and others yeah. were reporting it as it was happening as it was yeah no no uh, it was a mess well, like it says, but again, like, you know, it comes back though again to, you know, ease of use. Yeah. Like, so for us, we were looking for a certain way of finding something. Yeah. Somebody else might be trying to find, there was a scandal in the NHL a couple of weeks ago, which led to a hilarious rumor, I say hilarious, terrible rumor being spread. Yeah. And uh, I had friends who were like big ice hockey fans and actually finding not just the accurate information, but also, you know, what the meaning behind the rumor was, yeah. as in literally... Because people would see, like, you know, the hashtag, but couldn't actually see what, like, people were referring to. So even people trying to find the right, wrong information, yeah. does that make sense? Is in, they were trying to find what the wrong information was, and they couldn't even find that. So, like, you had both the real information and the wrong information were proving too difficult to find because it was such a mess. Yeah. And when it's that level of a mess with anything, that's going to make someone go, sure, what's, is it worth my time, Ron? Yeah. And that's, the, and like, because I found myself, like, you know, and it's, again, it's not deliberate casually being less and less uh, on X and far more on Instagram to be honest yeah. like way more on Instagram uh, and uh, not just because it's a nicer place but because I can find what I'm looking for on Instagram yeah and Instagram isn't meant to be a new site but it's almost more effective than X for it now oh it is because I'm right now with, with Foodblog I'm promoting lots up on there and I, I used to do it on X but I'm not getting the return on X as you on Instagram. Oh, and that's, but that's another thing that brands are noticing because people go, the brands aren't just pulling away because of the controversy of the owner of X. Yeah. They're pulling away because they're seeing the traffic they were getting from X hasn't held up. Yeah. And, you know, this is, these are cold business decisions. Uh, you know, and if the traffic isn't holding up, they ain't going to invest as much. It's like a few years ago, there was, there was a, what happened with YouTube when they go pulling out from one Adam in particular, there was a British Army had an ad, ad up on on, uh, on YouTube and they didn't realise that ad was actually appearing in a video some woman being beheaded by some jihadi. And I'm like, when you're seeing that happening, when X, I'm seeing something that's... Well, that that, YouTube had its reckoning, though. And yeah. YouTube has addressed it. Now, it probably overreached a bit, I will say. Yeah. Uh, like, But at the same time, um, you know, it fixed the problem. Yeah. Uh, now I'm one of those weirdos who actually has YouTube Premium. Yeah. Uh, so it's like sorry. Uh, I actually bought it entirely because of the couple of songs that I really like that I can't get on Spotify. Yeah. And we're gonna well hang on. I get YouTube Music and ad for YouTube because it was initially uh, people were gonna find this funny, so I could listen to put them under pressure without ads. Yeah. Uh, you know, and without having to have the video open so you can have the thing off. Yeah. Uh, and like YouTube has become like a secondary podcast app for me now. So 
it's like it's again but the reason I do all that yeah. ease of use and that's fundamental for people I think you know they, it, the easier product is to use, and a more, and when I say easier, I mean I don't just mean like you know idiot proof. I mean for me to get what I want from that product. Yeah. The more I'm going to use that product. Well, I always say, kind of mother use it. If she can use the product, then I recommend it. Oh, yeah. And but, if, but even for those who want something of a higher level, yeah. they still want to be able to get what they want from it at the easiest possible way. Like every time when I'm doing a food blog, I'll, I'll write and say to mum, can you check this, even if you can read it or something, I'll send yeah. an article for our tech news, can you read this and tell me what you think? And if you don't understand it, then I, I, I fail, but if you understand it, I can go with it. And so, well, like, you've been asking me what the trends are going to be. What, 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 what trends do you think are going to come up? Because, you know, heck, I might as well ask the host. I'm thinking about remote working is going to change. How do you think it's going to change? Well, in one way, I think people are going to be told to go back to the office or they might end up working in, in hubs. I think hubs are definitely going to grow. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. More people are going to be told to go back to the office. The challenge essentially is, and anyone who's in tech knows this, is getting people with talent is still a problem. Yeah. But there's a twofold one to that because obviously there's the, you know, because we've seen it even with the, of all things, the League of Ireland football saying yeah. recently, the cost of living in, you know, Dublin has gone up. So, and but in Ireland as a whole, like, you know, if you're in Cork and Limerick, rent isn't exactly that nice either. Yeah. Uh, you know, Galway too. Yeah. Because uh, I considered during the pandemic moving to Galway for a few months or for a year, yeah. purely to basically not pay Dublin rents. And what I learned was Galway rents were basically the same. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't bother doing it. And so, yeah, I think how we manage, I think we've got to accept that it's going to be hybrid rather than remote. Yeah. Uh, but I think that goes both ways because I think if the office sees it as purely well, they're going to be in the office some days at home, other days. Obviously, that'll be it to a point. Yeah. But they've also got to build in some flexibility. Like when I say hybrid, it's like it comes down to this: Do you trust your staff? Yeah. Because if you don't trust your staff, you've got bigger problems than where they're working from. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really is that. Uh, because, like, say my, my old job, I was in Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. But sometimes I had a shift that started before we were due to be in the office. Yeah. Say a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Friday. So I would typically actually end up doing from home the Tuesday and the Thursday. Yeah. The reason for that being it made no sense in terms of my productivity for me to spend an hour during the meet of my working day getting to the office. Yeah. Uh, and I'd have started like hours before the office was open. Now, I could have gone in, but I've been on my own, but again, point yeah. like, pointlessly. So the, the, my employer had two choices. One, having you waste that hour in transit. Or two, okay, some of those weeks, Emmett's actually going to do two of the three days at home. Yeah. And we're fine with that. Uh, and they were because they realized it made far more sense for the company so the issue is going to really be making sure that it, uniform doesn't mean uniform in a true sense it's yeah. uniform in what the policy is but not the application Yeah. so the application needs to be hybrid So, but again it comes back to connectivity because if you want people coming into the office you need to have because again the quality of broadband we, most of us have at home now uh, beats the snot out of so many yeah. actual offices in this city it's scary uh, like it really is like you know because um, I've been in other offices and used their Wi-Fi and I've ended up going well actually what I'm going to do is I'll plug in my phone and hotspot yeah, because it's that. a better quality yeah. than this office which is why you know I never do that at home no. ever because my broadband at home is brilliant and it's like you as an employer should never be thinking that Yeah. also do your thing with any employer right now trying to get staff is because the age of them because you know if they're like you know you are my age Ronan like you know we're middle aged yeah. like you know we are we obviously care about the world and we're wrong but we've been beaten up by a bit more yeah the, the graduate hasn't been beaten up by the world the graduate expects you to be putting in the effort to save the planet yeah. uh, and it shows, shows some responsibility yeah. uh, like we expect some responsibility but we probably have a lower bar yeah you've got to show that it, at the core of what you do that it's not just a nice to have being ESG focused yeah. it's got to be 
You know, because again, because that graduate, it's like, well, they're both telling me to come in three days a week. But this one's being good to the environment. This one's, and this one's actually, you know, not just doing it for show, because they see, because yeah. also the graduates, it's got to be impressed if you're honest about it. Yeah. They've got to be impressed if you're saying, it makes sense for us commercially to be good to the environment. If the other one is doing it just because they have to, and they're doing it because they see it makes business sense, yeah, they're going to go to one that makes business sense, because there's two reasons for that. One is, yay, save the world. But two is, these people know what they're doing. Yeah. And graduates like people who know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, that, cause they, feel, they feel more empowered that way. Because years ago, it was a case of the, that the company, the employer would decide if you want the job or not. Now the, now the person looking for a job, he's picking and choosing do, do you read my criteria of, of ESG and all that? And, and employers are going, I'm not used to this. Of course not. Uh, what's in? Because, you know, it's a, it's a generational difference. Yeah. But, like, what I'd, I'd say for that, that this is, there have been generational differences across every generation. Like, you can find, like, papers from thousands of years ago where, like, philosophers were saying the youth of today don't know what they're doing, like, you know? Yeah. So, it's like there's no generation that hasn't beaten up in the one following it. Uh, and so I've always had this sort of cynical view on being harsh on the younger people. Because uh, it's kind of, isn't that just really us highlighting our own failings? Yeah. Uh, so, it's like, you know, if the young person wants something, usually you'd ask, well, are they, well, what's their point? Like, and like, think about it like you know yeah. never be Seymour Skinner no it is the children that are wrong yeah. uh, go well, why, why are the children right if they uh, start off with why are they right and maybe they are wrong just to be clear or start off with why are they right and if you can work it out out and then you go okay but here's what we can actually do yeah. and see where you can find a way to make it appealing like so but honestly like you need you need the, you need the utilities uh, yeah. you need that quality of connectivity and you, you know because nothing because like I've been in offices where if something is not working it's like the entire place comes to a standstill and you can't have that these days you know yeah. things have to be designed to not break and I mean basic stuff because like we used to think the printer was a luxury we haven't thought about that in 20 years yeah. we used to think internet was a luxury we don't think about that anymore but I think some yeah. people still do like it's got to you know you should see it as this is your internet good enough that if you decided tomorrow you're, you're going to cash in all your chips. Everybody in your office is somehow rich. Yeah. But you all are going to play the most high-quality video games on at high-speed internet all day. Is your internet good enough to do that? And if it's not, you want to go back. Because you want to have... A, and, a, and will it stay up, you know? Yeah. If it's not, you've got to be asking yourself, well, how can we get there? Because you should be thinking about that. As in, always be trying to be levels ahead of where you need to be because yeah. it's very easy to go, well, this is the cheapest. It's, it's the cheapest right now. Yeah. It isn't the cheapest in the real run because you're going to end up paying for that. You just don't see where you're paying for yeah. it yet. I'm thinking of the who. My generation, the kids are all right and won't get fooled again. And that's what's turned out. The young kids are realizing what they want and they're, and they're going to get it. Uh, but like they're, they're probably right to be asking for it, as I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's like, you know, so, yeah, have high quality connectivity and don't destroy the world. If you can get those two done right, honestly, a lot of the rest of it fits, sorts itself out. Yeah, but two, three years ago, when I got, I got, I'm a Virgin Media, I got their new setup box better than the last one. And when I got it, I was told, oh, by the way, we're going to give you half, half a gig of, uh, of broadband speeds. I'm going, I don't need that, live alone. But I said, take it. It's fine, it's okay. Now I'm getting offered a gig. I, I, I don't need a gig. But no, but again, like the quality, and it's great because. I live with a, a I live with a, a flatmate who works fully from home. Yeah. Like I think she's in two days a month in her office, uh, so she needs business grade yeah. in her home. 
uh, and she has it. And I'm not going to say obviously where they work, uh, but like I would argue, I've never she, now they've never told me just to be clear. But I would argue that the internet we have at home is probably as good as, if not better, than in their office. Yeah, and like I mean, that's a huge plus to have. And for me, I'm. I'm but I think offices have to realize. Yeah. And I say offices, I mean businesses that want people coming into the office. They're not just competing with other companies for quality of internet acti- connectivity. Yeah. They're competing with the with their prospective employees' apartment. Yeah. That is the level they should be aiming to hit. Because I'm thinking at times, why would you work in an office? Work, go to work in an office when you when, when you can do better at home and a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, as opposed to like. I, you know, the, I, I use Starbucks as sort of the base level. Yeah. Because Starbucks Wi-Fi is grand, not brilliant, yeah. but not bad. It's grand. If you're below Starbucks, uh, you've got problems. Yeah. Because you're definitely not beating most people in any urban areas home connection yeah. with that, and uh, probably a large chunk of people in rural areas either. Yeah. So if you're not better than Starbucks, your connectivity, you need to get better. Yeah. I always when I go there, I always basically use my phone hotspots because I'm just very cautious about. Data been taken in. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and a, I've seen people in the past where you go in somewhere and and you assume it's a Starbucks protection, but it's not. That'd oh be, yeah, always be careful with Wi-Fi. Yeah. But like, I mean, sure, we've been saying that for years. People rolling. Like, yeah. I think if the listeners of this podcast aren't careful of what the Wi-Fi they listen to by now, yeah. I worry. I worry about the, the listeners of this podcast because like Ron has been telling you this for how long, Ron? Yeah. Like, you know. And so. then if you go somewhere and and you go into same place for coffee every every day. And they're telling you, oh, the passcode is one, two, three, four. A year later, still saying passcode. You're thinking, no, time to use your phone. Yeah, well, that's thing. I, you know, I, I, I update. I say I rotate because what I really, yeah, because I do update them. But I say because like obviously they're variants on each other. Like you know, yeah. so I don't say I rotate passwords. I do actually fully change them. Yeah. But I do it about every three, four months. Yeah. Uh, across everything. So like basically, but the rotation is really that. The three four month cycle across different things yeah. is so like for one thing it's say in November for another thing it's in December. Yeah. Like the rotation and when I change the password changes across apps. Uh, I also like using Irish words for passwords because a lot of a lot of the technology that you used to catch passwords doesn't know Irish words. It, it's gotten better at that though. Yeah. But I will say uh, so the uh, I would I would say people who who have that as a habit don't feel too safe doing yeah. that. So keep changing your Irish words as or well. Or Esperanto is that? Uh, oh, I'd say that's next. Yeah. Es- you know. Uh, it was a George Soros flew yeah. Esperanto. Yeah, uh, he was raised as an Esperanto speaker. Didn't know that. Yeah, I know it's one of those random things, you know. I because I'm a, I'm a font of useless information, Ronan. Yeah, so the uh, new world order is going to be Esperanto based. If, if you go on, if oh, you go on, on what to say next about George Soros and other things. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've mentioned so many things that are going to get like the the crazies upset. Like you know, it's like it's like uh, I'm wearing a jumper that cost me twenty quid last year, lads. Uh, if you if I was part of the New World Order, I'd be better dressed than this. Like, yeah, you know, you've eaten pizza as well. <laughs> pizza party. Uh, well, not going there. Not yeah, going no. there. No, no. And then you're then you looking at day like going, uh, where's the lizards? Oh goodness gracious! The, the Silurian theory and all that. Yeah. We are going to crazy places here, Ronan. Yeah. So, like, I suppose for you though, because you mentioned the, the broader ones, is there any consumer trend? Well, we've done loads on well, X and Threads. Me, so aside of X and Threads. Well, for me, I'm, I'm looking at that. Everyone was saying the metaverse is going to be the next big thing, but I never really got the metaverse. Uh, uh, it's not. And here's why I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, the problem essentially with anything that's uh, virtual reality, I do believe in augmented. I'll get to that yeah. in a second. Uh, is it's not fully immersive. Yeah. It really is just your eyes. Yeah. And your ears, but it's not even but it's not even the whole body. Because the problem essentially is that you can't walk around safely in the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, but also you can't touch really in the metaverse. Yeah. You can't, and I say touch, I don't people well you can get gloves, you can get yeah. like, I mean the entire body, because 
you think about because when you're consciously thinking about touching, you know, you're thinking just of your extremities. But really, like you know, as you know, I'm leaning on this table. My forearm is touching things, and that's sensation which you don't notice when you're doing it, but when you notice it, when you don't get it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's stuff like that. Like if you, you can't be fully immersive, you know you're not in a real place, yeah. and that's you know a, a simple thing. But augmented is real, or even but we've been living in an augmented reality for yeah. ages because our phones make an augmented world as it yeah. is. The only difference is they're not fully. It's not like we have like a heads up display. Yeah. Like you know, and uh, we may eventually get there. I used to think that like Google Glass is going to be a thing, so I've been very wrong on that. So I'm not yeah. saying when. But like, if it ever works on a, a, a heads-up display type world, it's going to still be extremely augmented. Yeah. It'll like most of the reality will be real. Yeah. Actually, busy, physically real. It'll just be small little add-ons. Yeah. That we can like make decisions on, like you know. But like, you know, it, it won't be like it, it is like oh, the reality we have is augmented. Our mobile phone yeah. creates an augmented world. Like, you know, QR codes, for goodness yeah. sake. Uh, you know, but even like, you know, you've got Google Lens, uh, you know, we live in an augmented society. Yeah. We just, because we're, we're used to it. And like, that's the other thing though, augment, uh, augmented can increase incrementally. Yeah. The problem with virtual is it's immediately into this big jump. Whereas augmented is a naturally incremental process. So it evolves more naturally. Well, to me, I'm looking at, if Apple don't don't go with certain certain uh, technology, then you know it's not gonna take off. Like they decided to go spatial with, and I think that's going to work out better. With what, sir? Spatial computing, what they're oh, doing. Yeah. That would work a lot better because it, it's a mixture of, of real and not real as well. Yeah, like but you, you need saying. to have... It's in, it, 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 you also need mass adoption. Like, yeah. You, you know, uh, and you need... like, And the best way to get mass adoption is, again, through increments. Yeah. Like, uh, so that's why I think augmented, because we already live in an augmented society, we just don't call it that. Yeah, because uh, I remember years ago, you were using Holland's, and I went to see a demo of that and thought it was a great product. But Microsoft decided it's not going to... Uh, Making best options, and then we're going to stop with that. I thought, why? It's a great product because not enough people cared, and yeah. it's too expensive. And they were right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, it's like there's a famous video of Ronnie O'Sullivan playing snooker with a virtual headset and like yeah. leaning on a table and falling over. Uh, so, you know, which I, you know, it's like that was kind of cool in fairness. But like, even you think about like, you know, why the Wii was such a big console because yeah. the quality of AAA gaming and stuff was way better on the contemporaries. But the Wii was very easy to jump in and use. Yeah, like it was extreme. Like you know, but like from the your from my ma to my godson. Yeah, there was a use case, and I'm like kind of going, well, that's kind of good. And I, you know, it was incredibly useful. So yeah. like it was a very different experience, but it was one where you could get a lot of buy-in from a lot of people quickly. Augmented because we all use phones to different degrees. Now my mom doesn't have a smartphone, yeah. but she's still online to some degree. That augmentation means my world in this phone can work with her and her laptop. Yeah. That's augmentation. That is a virtual world of yeah. sorts. It's just mixing the two. It reminds me of, of the maze in, uh, uh, from Douglas Adams years ago. Chicken's Guide to Galaxy. And yeah. the, the mean light was 14. We're all, we're all in the maze. Yeah. Finding the cheese. Do you remember that? Oh, I should. And I feel very it's a, bad. It's a kind of bit like Matrix in a way. They were all in a, kind of a, in a, in a matrix of some sort. Well, yeah, the... Uh, uh, we're getting into some deep philosophy here yeah. now, Ron, and like, uh, especially for especially for running my second copy of the day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like, there's, there's, you know, but again, like, but the more incremental that matrix develops, yeah, the easier it is for people to accept it. Like, some said to me, you take a red pill or a blue pill. I'm going, well, what about third pill, Viagra? You just, there's three different pills you can take. You know, if you know what I mean. We don't know what reality is. Well, that's the thing. It's like kind of going, like, you know, it's like, you know. 
oddly where like you know if it's something I just accept without thinking about it yeah I'm far more likely to end up doing it like you know uh, I was running late this morning for this yeah and uh, I texted you first then I realized well hang on no I'll just phone him because it's an emergency yeah how we moved to even from but back in the day because we're both old enough it would have had to have been a phone call or it would just have to been on time yeah you know texting was something that began with young people yeah at a price uh, but once it became effectively free as part of most packages yeah it became the standard go-to like you know everything these things all evolve like you know and it's an evolution of how we use product and how we yeah. use services and you know none of nothing starts off enormous uh, but it all becomes a thing. Yeah. Uh, like you're like Blackberry used to be a huge company. Uh, yeah. You know they're not anymore. Uh, it's like so. Or research in motion, if you were called up. Yeah. Because remember when the, when they came out with it with their tab with their tablet, and it was we're saying like 30, 40 years in depth, and I'm thinking, well, that didn't take off. And what it should have they should have realized we've got technology and that we can encrypt and uh, email security. Yeah. Why not just listen to the companies like Apple and and, uh, and Google? Let them use our technology, a backbone of their systems. So like, now this is going way back because if you remember Palm, yeah, yeah. <coughs> sorry, yeah. If you remember Palm, bro, yeah, I do. So I remember you know, I was a much younger man, obviously, because this is this video seven we're talking. Yeah, one of their later products it would have been. I'm reviewing it, uh, and I absolutely tore it asunder in my review. Yeah. Uh, it was too ahead of its time yeah. and I mean that as in what it was trying to do it couldn't do Yeah. so it was trying to be basically the smartphones of five, six years later couldn't do that but also the battery technology was so weak it died so fast yeah. so it was a horrible interface and it needed crazy amounts of power or at least crazy amounts of charging really more than the power and it was just a horrible device to use lots of things have to happen for smartphones to work like yeah. when you talk about it like the big thing was there was a leap in battery technology around 15 years ago yeah. more like 16, 17 but for us to realise it was 15 years ago that allowed the smartphone age we live in now to like so but do you, you know the only way people think about batteries isn't about technology is how much juice have I got left in my phone that's yeah. all they think about they don't realise in order to get there crazy amounts of things that are very boring to them have to happen yeah and so you know that's the thing we you know a lot of the stuff we deal with you know in life has to be uh, behind it. that's the thing we take it for granted but that's yeah. the thing the, you know bringing it back to my earlier points you, you know the staff who are going to be in the office take things for granted because they are that way at home yeah like they have good connectivity they recycle uh, you know they use their brown bin uh, yeah. you know it's like that's because that's what life is for them. they expect that to be the norm where they work like I always say if you know, if, if a business invested more in keeping its kitchen in good order they'd have a lot more happy staff because yeah. I can't recall a cop, an office I was ever in where there wasn't a bit of issues in the kitchen uh, and I've been yeah. I don't just mean ones I've worked in just to be clear uh, I mean aside from very large US tech companies which have enormous staffs to man, yeah. match them I mean of any SME I've been in and I've been in loads of them because like friends at lots yeah. of people SMEs there's always an issue with the kitchen makes sense if you put the five minutes a day into keeping your kitchen in full working order your staff are going to be way happier yeah. and it's the same thing you put the five minutes a day into making sure all the connectivity is everything like that all the ESG everybody's going to be happier like that 15 minutes total of three things yeah I'm telling you that's tens of thousands of euro to your business guaranteed and savings. also actually about Pam I remember when Pam uh, when they crashed and burned a lot of their staff were hired by uh, Steve Jobs because he saw what they were doing and he says this this is is of the future not now but I want to be I want this technology to be in the future yeah oh that makes perfect sense like yeah and 
You know, like, I remember it would have been the iPhone 2 I reviewed. Yeah. Uh, because I once walked the length of Ireland in 2009. Yeah. In Alan And I it was oddly, it was with O2s. I can, I can say who it was because they're not here yeah. anymore. Obviously, they're part of three now. And it was due to go back to them. I said, well, here's the thing. With the map on it works really well. And it did. Like, the yeah. GPS on it was extraordinary. Even for now, it would be very good. Yeah. And this is a device that's 14 years old. Yeah. This GPS was, you know, was tr- tremendous. And it's like, do you mind if I hold on for another month? And I'll mention that I'm using, you know, this phone from O2 for it. Uh, and I go, it's literally just so I can use the GPS. And they go, yeah, sure. Yeah. And this is before influencers were a thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, like we got to do this charity walk. And yeah, Brad, you hang on for a month, give it to you when you're back from your mad walk. Yeah. Uh, and I did. They got it back, just to be clear. But like, you know, that was, extru- like that to me, because I tried lots of other smart devices before that. Yeah. And they were, oh, the problem was, they weren't, when I say user-friendly, I mean, there really was a level of technology required to get used to all of them. Yeah. This required nothing. Yeah. So long as you could get comfortable using a touchscreen, and I recall the days we said no one's ever going to get used to a touchscreen. Yeah. Turned out that was, that, you know, we were all wrong on that. Uh, although, there is one thing I was right on back then, which I'm going to say, because I keep saying one of the things I was wrong on. Uh, and, you know, it would be easy to use. Uh, around the same era, uh, it would have been 08 and 09 direction. Yeah. I remember being at an event not far from where we are now where people are discussing what's going to be the alternative to iOS. Yeah. And I said, come on, it's obviously, it's Android. And yeah. it's like a lot of much more techie people than me are saying, oh no, there's too many you know, security risks. And that's like, lads, you're thinking from a tech side. It's basically the easy to use version of all the ones that are yeah. iOS. It's going to get the main support and it's going to be the big one. They'll fix the security stuff. Because, you know, there was all, uh, everybody was trying to do their own platform. Microsoft was, Nokia was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no. The problem is, they're not easy. This is easy. This is going to win. Yeah. Because I remember the time a friend of mine, he's a photographer, uh, as own site doing photography, and he used an iPhone just for geolocation. Because you can geolocate where photographs are, and he says, it does that amazingly well. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, the other thing I always say about the iPhones is because. They, uh, they're, they're prone to their incremental leaps. They're kind of, they're going against though, my argument about incremental being so important. Yeah. Is that uh, I only care about the iPhones when they make a big leap. It, but only it's a big, big leap in one respect. And so uh, the 13 for me was a big leap because of the battery quality. Yeah. Uh, because that was an enormous leap forward in battery tech from a non-Android. And really when you say non-Android, you really mean iOS. Yeah. Because it's, I would say comfortably and including the sub the sequels, yeah. the best battery I've seen on an iOS ever. Yeah, uh, its sequels have not been as good. Yeah, um, on Android, I think there's a Xiaomi I still rate as being the best battery overall. Yeah, uh, but it, even then, like I, I use a Google phone just for those of you curious. Uh, I've got the new one; I haven't changed to it yet. I'm still on last yeah. year's, but um, battery is still now they're getting better, but it's still an issue for Google. And I think Google's market share would be so much greater if they could basically have a Samsung grey battery. Yeah. Right now they don't. And, uh, you know, it's, there's obviously lots of other things that go into the factor. Because it's not just about literally the physical battery, it's about how the battery is utilized. Yeah. And Google isn't quite there yet, because, but I think otherwise, as a device, like Google's the best Android phone, but battery is, it's battery and camera are the two most important things. Yeah. And if your battery, if you're not winning on one of the two most important things, you're not winning, period. Well, I remember years ago when I, was, when I had an old iPhone, I used to always go into 2G because 3G would kill the battery, and I used oh, to always yeah, yeah, always carry a battery case. Since I got my uh, since I got an iPhone 12 Neo 13, I haven't got to worry about battery. I'm on 5G all the time. Are you on a 13 now? Are you? Yeah. Yeah, 13 is great battery. Yeah, isn't it? I'm on I'm on a 5G all the time, and uh, not, I'm not worrying about will the battery down me. Oh no, no it's it's. 
because like you know I was saying TV before we started recording I've got an iPhone 13 at home I mainly use it uh, as a hotspot when I yeah. go overseas so I'm in the US I'll buy a US SIM and put it in that and uh, the great thing about that is it's, you know because all I'm using it for is a hotspot like nothing else is running two days for it to charge it yeah because it's only it's only running one thing and you know it's just my phone is taking the Wi-Fi from it yeah uh, and yeah no it's fantastic well, I was uh, in early, early in the year and uh, I was all around London town during the daytime and battery was incredible and then about five or six o'clock the battery was getting a bit low yeah so I went to a nearby Apple shop and just put it down in one of the wireless charging thing and let it charge for half an hour yeah yeah and it lasts the rest of the day and thinking that's what I couldn't get before no no it's extraordinary uh, so I, I suppose we should start looking at sort of our forward-thinking plans here because we're getting a bit deep into this podcast, are yeah. we? Or so, uh, well, well, Ronan, what are you thinking is going to be the stuff we should be the questions we should be asking ourselves? Well, I, I think mainly how how are we going to trust AI? Get like, yeah, how are we going to trust AI? Yeah. Remote working is going to be a thing. How are we going to be able to handle that? And also wearable devices because I, I can see in the future everywhere is going to be going to be based on wearable devices to some extent. Yeah, no, and I, I largely agree, uh, to be honest. Like, well, I'll start with the wearables first. Yeah. Like, I think, as I said, everybody who wants a wearable has one now. Yeah. But I think our ability to use them is going to improve. Yeah. I don't know how. Again, I'm going back to the cognac and caviar own. Yeah. If I knew that, that, they'd be in front of me right now. Uh, you know, but I think definitely, and I, but a lot of that comes back to connectivity improving. Uh, because, you know, it's blending sort of, you know, uh, those, uh, all the various forms of connectivity together and making it just easier. So that comes into again, the, you know, the making the office a place people want to go to, and if it's like if the office, because like I, with my job, used to have an office in town. Yeah. The main selling point for me was that it was close to a place where I could meet people. Yeah. Then I moved to a place that wasn't in town, and that office. That, that, and then it came to a raw debate of, well, is it as easy to do the stuff I do that doesn't involve meeting people, as it is in my house? And I quickly realized my house was, was better, which is not a good sign. Yeah. So. You've got a few selling points. One, if your staff are going to be meeting people, yes, being set, being office space is great. But if you're say you're in an industrial park, isn't a big an advantage? Or you know, if you're any sort of location that isn't in the heart of a city centre, which is most people, yeah, you've got to think. Well, what are the advantages I can get? And that is the quality of how I treat my staff, but the quality of the utilities within that. So, like you know, you don't let your toilets get broken for more than a couple hours, do you? Yeah. Well, and ideally, make sure your toilets never break. Never let your connectivity break. Make sure it's always absolutely ace. Yeah. Two, the person at home is doing their recycling. They're separating their bottles. They're separating their food and all that. You show that ESG for you is a way more than that. You know what I mean? That's a mentality, you know? And, uh, like, you know, make sure that that's part of the discussion. Like, you know, it's like, what, like, you know, when you're trying to get people to come to the office, this should never be how do we make them come here. Yeah. It should how do we make them want to come here. Yeah. And that to me comes down to it. And AI is supposed to finish off on, like, yeah, like AI is going to be a huge debate. I think finding the consumer use case is going to have a huge influence in the business use case because if you think about all the things we discussed, like, you know, connectivity, yeah. ESG, and all that, it's consumer tech is influencing business tech. Yeah. And AI, we're all thinking about it as business influencing consumer. And I think that's, you know, because right now most of the cases are business. But I think once we start finding consumer use cases uh, yeah. that are far more than, you know, tell me a funny story or with silly characters have invented, yeah. uh, then they're going to start influencing the business use cases a lot more. And w I think that's, I don't know what they are yet again. Yeah. You know, I've mentioned caviar and cognac a lot. I don't even like cognac that yeah. much. I'm fine with it, but it just, it, you know, alliteration and all that. Uh, but, 
I think once you've got that, you know, see what the consumer use cases really are, that's going to start influencing the business use cases a lot more. Yeah, and to me, that's the unwearable. I'm thinking in the future, when you go to an office, normally you have a key card to log in and where it'll be on your on your wearable yeah, device. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you know, well, if you're, you know, a Microsoft, uh, you know, company, if you use yeah. Microsoft, you have your little, like, you know, uh, security thing on your phone to make sure that's you logging into yeah. the app. Why can't you have that for your fob? Like, why can't your fob be in your phone or on your watch? Well, earlier when I was in London, I used to uh, use a uh, Oyster card to go around, and it's not used much anymore. And I realised that if I pull my phone out to pay with my phone, it'll be, it, it could be sold because there are big robberies of phones in London. I can now just top on off with my watch. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's the future. That your watch will be able to do all this and more. Yeah. Oh no, totally. Uh, although what I always say is, no matter what you do with doors, always make sure there's an analog alternative. Yeah. Because. <laughs> uh, if you have a power cut, you yeah. want to have an analog alternative. Uh, you know, because uh, we had a couple of power cuts in Rathmines, and remarkably not my part of Rathmines, we had a couple of bad ones in the last two weeks. I saw that, yeah. Well, I was there one. I, I, I amazingly didn't have either of them, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm only a five-minute walk from the village. Yeah. I was just, I was in the, but we were in the Ranel uh, uh, connector rather than the Rathmines yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so we managed to avoid it, flu, flu, flukely, just to be clear. Uh, but uh, if there's a power cut and everything is, uh, you know, for admission is electronically based, you, you want an, an, an analog alternative just in case. Yeah. Like make sure there's still a physical key that can lock a door. Yeah. <laughs> think of the. Of, of the uh, Nic- and open a door too. Think of the Nicojami Plaza in Die Hard. And if the electrics went there. Oh man. Of all. Because they're doing this before Christmas. So yeah. that's a perfect thing. You know, it's like you asked for a miracle, I give you the FBI. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, that's fantastic. And before we finish, we we'll talk about a bit about the earlier podcast. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, obviously, it's uh, Joe is doing the presenting, but it's covering some really big themes. Like I know the first few episodes are already out. You can get it the Elio Business Podcast. You can listen to it uh, on any podcast network. I listen on Spotify myself, but like it's already covered cybersecurity, ESG, and uh, workforce and skills. That was one I was particularly uh, interested in. There's going to be an AI episode with Abiba Baran, which is fascinating because uh, you know she's just really, really, really smart uh, at what she does, and it's just covering some really important themes. I think they're going to you know change the way we live and work. Uh, Ronan over the next yeah. uh, year and years to come so it's definitely one worth checking out uh, like Joe Lynham's a great host as a, in general but like we've got some really good guests like you know we've got Gronya Madden of GMG Dermot Williams of Threatscape uh, Neil Richmond Minister for Enterprise Trade and Employment uh, and Mark Cockrell of, of ServiceNow so some re- I mentioned Abib already and also of course uh, David Russell who's the CEO of Elio Networks yeah. and that's a fascinating enough company in its own right so definitely one I'm happy to have been involved with it uh, in my own way yeah. and uh, it's just it's, it's really good and I think it's key lessons for anybody particularly who's in business in business I mean working or as an employer yeah. uh, in terms of what they need to be keeping an eye on in terms of the key trends that are going yeah. to affect their lives Kind of like like our podcast today, we talk about the key trends, and it's going to be more more of that, but on a regular basis. On a regular basis, and it's in depth on each of them. So it's yeah. more, like we only had a limited amount of time to talk on each of the trends we talked yeah. about. These are really in depth with specific experts on each of these themes, and I think that's it's just a really great idea uh, as a general idea for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, like you know, working on a production of this was fascinating for me. Like because normally I'm a voice, this time I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but so it was very much creating like well, what are the core themes and who do I want to hear from? Yeah. Uh, or more importantly, who I think we should hear from. So I was working with David on that to develop this and I think the end product has really come out with some people who are far more interesting than me Ronan yeah. put it that way and me too and thanks for that uh, and, have a, and have a great day Emmett and take care you too thanks thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast check back every day for the latest episode you can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook 
facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.